everyone and welcome down to episode number 11 of the Down South Photo Show with your host me, Brendan Waits, and my good mate, Cameron Blake. Good evening, Cameron. Afternoon, Brendan. How are you going? Yeah, not bad at all. Thank you. Um, been number, ele- number 11. That's pretty good. 11 episodes. Yeah. So um, we are now into double digits and who knows where it's going to lead us, mate. Hopefully in the triple digits. Probably. Maybe. We're having too much fun. Why would we stop now? Yeah, it's only triple digits is two years worth of recordings. Well, there you go. Um, It's certainly been keeping us entertained, and hopefully our listeners and viewers are finding it entertaining as well. Uh, Once again, thank you for everyone who is following us and subscribing and thumbing thumbing up and all that sort of stuff. uh, It certainly helps. Uh, Read a couple of the reviews as well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, We like seeing the reviews because it helps bump up um, our visibility on the podcast's uh, particularly on Apple Podcasts. I think if reviews are left, things get jacked yeah. up on lists and things like that. Cam, you know more about that than I do? Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's like Google reviews. Like if you go to, you know, Camera and Photo and Ocean Grove and you give it a rating, you know, everyone else can see it. And uh, So yeah, any, any reviews are good. Um, I like reading them. There's always a little bit of fun and games in there, a little bit of cheek and, you know, some really nice comments as well, which I love. So um, yeah, if you're listening, uh, it takes two seconds to do one. Quickly write a few words if you want. Give us a rating out of five. Usually five is pretty good. Um, if you do a one, we'll just delete it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but yeah, give us, give give us, us a rating. Rate. Give us a one. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Give, yeah. give us anything. We don't mind. Yeah. We, we, we like honesty. Yes. Honesty, constructive feedback is good for us. It's all about the attention, really. That's all we're after. We just want to stroke our ego. So even if it's a one star, stroke away. <laughs> yeah, and, and so much so that I think I even introduced myself as the host. Yeah, That's I think you just, might have. That's probably that's the worst. I'm sorry. Does that mean, does we that we mean joint you host this thing. No, well, I think you take you take the lead a lot better than I do. No, Although the, I, I did, I roll I did up the, with the opener. That's all I do. Well, I did the closer the other week, didn't I? I, was, I know. Like, well, I walked away from yourself. the computer. Yeah, I walked um, down the street and someone knew me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and we do this part for our listeners on the podcast uh, most weeks. Um, yeah. Where is your background tonight? Yes, yeah, so for people who can't see, my background is uh, this is taken uh, out at Lake Pedder. It's one of my favorite spots in Tassie. I don't think I've ever been out to this spot and come away with a, a shot I'm not happy with. Uh, so this shot behind us is actually looking at the Franklin Range, uh, not to be mistaken with the Franklin River. This is a Franklin range, a different type of spelling and range altogether. Uh, but it's just one of those typical Tassie sort of gnarly, sort of jaggedy, rocky type of mountain ranges. Um, and yeah, the sun was just bursting through and I was just lucky enough to have a camera ready to go. So yeah. Yes. How about yours? Yours yours looks like a fiery is that a sunset? I think it is. Uh, so this was the sun this was the sunset last night. Oh right. um, so okay. At the moment, here in uh, southern Victoria, we're having some pretty big swells coming through, and mm. um, I am literally minutes away from Port Phillip Heads, um, yep. which is the main entrance into Port Phillip Bay, of course, where Melbourne is. Is that where the and boat goes through? That's Side- where the spirit sideways. of spew goes through sideways when Cam's on Ooh, it. Every time. Um, I'm telling you, one night I get it down there with my torch and flash it, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so yeah, this is the go-to uh, for a lot of local landscape photographers when the swell's really pumping through the heads. Um, yeah. So I ducked down there last night, and I was doing some nice photos of some big waves coming through, and then turned around and had a nice little sunset. So if I yeah, nice. move that way, you can see there's the lighthouse, oh, yeah, there's the lighthouse and everything. There. Yeah. There's actually quite a lot going on in that shot. So you couldn't um, get a you couldn't get a big gull sitting on the light post at the top there. The, it would have blown off. It was that windy last <laughs> night, so it was. Uh, 
Yeah, well, <laughs> that's right. It would have been just a, a feathers blowing, yeah. off the, blowing off the post. Yeah, um, nice. I like it. I, I have a little story for us uh, from that very location last I, night, which we'll I get hear. into tonight. I haven't heard um, this story. You guys, you and I both, listeners, are going to hear this story firsthand, so I don't know what it is. Let's, no not build, let's not build it up too much, but um, yeah. it was, uh, yeah, it was there's something interesting that happened to me last night while out taking photos. Right. But before we get to that, yes. I want to um, say a very, very heartfelt and... Uh, I know where this is going. Very, uh, <laughs> how can I put this? Um, I, was, I was blown away during the week, uh, figuratively and literally, um, by the gentleman on the screen now because... Mr. Cameron Blake organised me a Pentax oh, there it is. K1000, folks. Look at that. Have a look at that. Um, it looks like it's brand new. It It is in very, very good condition. Um, if I had to give it a rating, I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10. Perfect. Um, it's, it's unreal. It's uh, blown my mind. So uh, at the end of last episode and the last couple of episodes, I've been harping on about my uh, love affair with the Pentax K1000 because it was my first camera that I cut my teeth on, uh, particularly with landscape photography. And um, Cam went and found himself one, or found me one, and bloody well had it sent to me. And I yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and, I, and as I said to him, uh, it's one of the nicest things anyone's ever done for me. I'm really, really touched and chuffed to have, chuffed, yeah. chuffed to have a Pentax K1000 back yeah, in my way. arsenal. So thank you, mate. Thank mate, you very no, much. You are most welcome. And when I, mean, I saw it, I uh, I've had a K1000, and I've I've I know exactly where you where you're coming from. I've got my Olympus OM3 Ti, which is my camera that I you know just love and and just have to have. So when I saw that pop up on I think it was Facebook Marketplace, I thought that'd be a nice surprise. And then last week you were harping on about it, and I'm like, I reckon you'll have one by next week. And I'm like. <laughs> Don't, I'm thinking hopefully he doesn't get this other one before my one arrives. So, and I bought that one from a guy in Sydney who, thank you to the man or the gentleman up there in Sydney who probably broke a lot of laws and went out to the post office and put in the Post Express post for us. So thank you to yeah, you. Mate, um, yeah. He wouldn't have because posting is something is, is an essential service. Right, yeah. So, okay. um, well, and, I take and, that back. Thanks anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, and he did me a massive favour because like, yeah. Like everyone, it's been really shitty, and I'm allowed to use that word because our premier Dan Andrews did in a press conference. He so did. I'm now I'm now allowed to use it apparently. Go Dan. Um, and so yeah, just a little gesture like that has really lifted my spirits as well. So oh, you to go. you, Cam, and to the gentleman that sent me the camera, I'm as I say absolutely chuffed. One thing I do want to point out that uh, it also happens to have the 50 mil f2 lens on the front, yeah. yes, which is just buttery deliciousness. Yes. <laughs> Did it, did it come with a second lens? It did come with a second lens. Yeah, um, I'm making sure. Which I haven't even put on the camera yet. That's and... right. But they're both Pentax lenses. I know that much. Yeah, hang on. So. I've got the other. I'm going I'm to dig it out. We've come this far. We might as well keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, try, even... I'll, I'll try and fill it in while you're doing it. Okay, yeah. A bit of hold music, Cam. Yeah, maybe. We could do... Okay, yeah, and it came with this lens as well, which yeah. is a 28 to 80. 28 to 80, yeah, beautiful. 28 to 80, yeah, that, and it looks in really good nick as well. So Perfect, perfect. Yep, absolutely chuff. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Awesome, yep, absolutely wrapped with that. That was that was, that was was very, very cool. Yeah. So um, I will ba bang a roll of film through that really soon and um, yeah. let you know how it goes. Um, to be frank, I don't really care if it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm well, just I think stoked to have it. I think if you do put a roll of film through, we can um, we can whack up some samples on our Facebook page after you've processed it. Because no doubt you'll probably just use a C41 black and white, maybe. 
Um, I've got um, HP5 and XP2 film in stock, so um, I'll probably yeah I'll probably just use XP2 to test it out. Yeah, because it's that's cheaper and cheaper yeah, to get cool. processed. So and yeah, yeah I'll, it'll put through three, uh, C41. Yeah, cool. So uh, without any further ado, let's get into the main well one of the yeah. main topics that we want to talk about tonight, and um, it's fresh in my mind. So this is why I decided we would might talk about this tonight, and that is uh, photographers' etiquette. Um, yeah, so I reckon I just heard a collective <gasps> from everyone out in the uh, the listening sphere there, where everyone's like, "Oh my god, where is this going to go?" Well, I like to think that I'm a half decent sort of guy. Um, I like to think I I can stay pretty cool, calm, and collected at the best of times. Yeah. Um, however, last night when I was down uh, photographing the big swell coming through at the Point Lonsdale jetty. Before we um, before you go any further, do we need to get our lawyers involved with this story? No, no, there will be no names. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> the person, the person responsible may or may not be a listener, and to be perfectly honest, at this point, I don't really care. But um, <laughs> no, look, it was 149 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, minus one. Uh, so uh, I was on the very jetty that's in the picture behind me, um, uh, and I was taking some shots. Now, when I got there to the location, I was there on my own. Um, which, first of all, I was wrapped with. Like I would have thought there would have been a lot more uh, other photographers down there, given. The sunset was awesome and the big swell coming through. Yeah. Um, so I was there rattling off a few photos and I got out on the jetty. And, of course, when you look down that jetty and you can just see all the way through to the surf, it's fantastic, particularly when there's no people on it. Yeah. Um, so I was like, right, this is a win. I'm going to get a great shot here. Uh, so I started taking a few photos. Then I saw this uh, other photographer who is known in the area and is a... Uh, a decent photographer, takes nice photos, been in the area for quite some time, uh, local to Point Lonsdale as well, and also known as a serial uh, get in the way of other photographer. A photo bomber. Absolute serial pest when it comes to photo bombing. Um, or, or, or a comp stomper, as I like to call them. A comp stomper. Love yeah. it. Yeah. They Hashtag comp stomp. Comp, they, comp, they stomp on everyone's compositions. Yeah, so look, um, mm. so I saw him coming and I maybe because I saw him coming, it was my hackles went up straight away. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, now, now's your chance, buddy. Now's your chance to do the right thing. It so, be wrong. Yeah. correct. So he was on a hiding to nothing as far as I was concerned already. But uh, yeah. anyway, um, he came down and he got beside me and he kept on walking and. He turned around to me, and I didn't have uh, a jumper on. It was quite cold. Yeah. And he said, gee, you're brave not wearing a jumper. <laughs> well, that was all the opening I needed. And yeah. I just said, you're brave walking into my effing composition. What way to start a conversation. <clears throat> and uh, he sort of, I don't know, maybe I had a bit of a cheeky smile on my face. I'm not sure, but maybe my delivery wasn't, you know, angry enough because right. he sort of laughed it off and then kept on walking mm. and that made me even more angry. And so I I might have then gone a little bit further and said, right. I said, um, there are big waves tonight. Um, I have yeah. seen one already wash over the end of the jetty. Yeah. I hope you get washed off. It'll make a great photo. 
<laughs> so you, you passively, aggressively told him to go forth and go away. Uh, look, it, it really ticked me off because I was yeah. obviously set up taking my phone. Now, I didn't have my tripod. I couldn't have used yeah. my tripod. It was um, way too windy and way too rough and all that sort of stuff. But yeah. I had my camera bag at my feet. I had my SLR up to my eye. I was taking this composition that yeah. he just blew past me and walked straight into. Yeah. Um, yeah. And know, does, so, does this person know you as a photographer down oh, there? Oh, absolutely. Like, no. Yeah, so um, okay. Look, this, this this person's been into my shop, been a customer of mine. I've done prints for him in the past. So he know he knew me and knew what I was doing. And yeah. look. Was a customer. Look, ignorance maybe. And you can you can say, okay, well, yeah. he was just ignorant and, you know, didn't didn't sort of wasn't paying attention or but yeah. he knew exactly what I was doing this time and as I say I, I've I've heard stories from other photographers that he's yeah. done it too. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this is my moment and he lived up to his reputation and yeah. it was really disappointing because um after he walked out into the shot, um some more big surf came through and I definitely missed out on photos because he was in the bloody way. And yeah. uh yeah. yeah, it it was it was really, really annoying. Yeah. Um and all it would have taken would have been for him to stop and say, you know, just ah, talk to me. Yeah, oh, yeah, you, are yeah. you taking that shot? Yeah. How much longer do you need? And honestly, yeah. I probably only needed another 30 seconds. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I would have been, yep, cool, mate. I'm done now. Off you go. Yeah. You know? But uh, no, nah, it just, as I say, sort of blew on past me. And uh, that little, I don't think that little exchange meant anything to him. I, I think it no. sort of, it didn't register. There's a lot yeah. of ignorance there, um, yeah. which is a bit disappointing. Yeah, I took. I think I, I, I hear you, and I think the etiquette of some photographers. And I, I think I think there's two sides to that story. I think some people just don't care, like flat out, flat out, just they they couldn't give two shits about your composition. You enjoying the moment, whatever. That's them, and they're they're there for them. That's it. Then I think there's other side. There's another side of people with photographers who get lost in the moment. Or just get trained. Their train of thought is, oh, I'm coming down to the jetty to do a shot. Oh, there's Brendan again. Hey, mate, how you going? But I, I'm here for a reason. You know, it's just maybe subconsciously they're not even thinking about what's going on. And But you're right, photography and photographer's etiquette. Um, I've got three... I've, now you've raised it up, you, I can feel my blood boiling with a couple <laughs> of things I've done. But um, I've, I've... And, I, you know, people that I do workshops with, you know, that's something that we do talk about in workshops. It's like, okay, guys, spread out. Give yourself some room. You know, if joe blow is over there doing a photo of there then that that's their spot let, let them have that moment if they walk away from that spot and you like it then you can go fill the gap when they're leaving just be a mindful of not getting in front of people um and i got um a couple of stories where i went to um yosemite national park in america so oh, wow it was, it was my holy grail of places to go ansel yep. adams you know studied about him went to the gallery there and i had to get that classic tunnel view shot where you're looking straight down the valley with the waterfall and everything there and uh you come out of this big tunnel and there's a car park at the end and there's that view so pretty excited got my tripod set up there was a few photographers around but it wasn't it wasn't bumper to bumper so everyone had a bit of bit of space and this i'll refer to him as a knob jockey because that's that's the most relevant way i can explain this <laughs> oh we're, we're loose on the language tonight this, this is going to get a pg on. rating this one <laughs> this might be but this is an america this guy is never going to be listening to us because i don't think he would um he rocks up in full camouflage outfit so there's the first indication of what i'm dealing with and then he rocks up and i had i had a i was using the olympus system so a fairly small tripod set up you know rock wall perfect there he sets up with this huge tripod with this huge 400 mil cannon wrapped in camouflage 
covering the whole lot. And he, he proceeds to put his tripod leg straight across the front of my lens, in front of my lens. And I just looked at him and I said, I said, oh, and being in America, didn't want to get shot, dressed in yep. camo, probably had explosives <laughs> or something like that, I'm not too sure. And I just looked at him and I'm like, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll just move over. And he just sort of looked at me. And then he proceeded to take about a thousand shots in, a, in about 10 seconds, just like just scanning the whole whole frame. So I think what he was doing is focus stacking, just doing a, a heap of stacking with things. And I sort of got a bit cheeky and I said, oh, you know, you're doing some focus stacking. And he said something along the lines like, well, that's the only way you can, it's the only way you can get it sharp from front to back. I said, or you could just use your aperture. Or something like something. I said something smart yeah. like that. And he You, you something smart. Camera. I know. It was, it was an off day. Um, and uh, he looked at me and, t- and like he was there for five seconds and he off he went. But I'm like, really? Like, you know, at and there was space everywhere. He just decided that I had prime spot apparently. So, yeah, look, there's nothing yeah, more frustrating, particularly, I mean, a spot like that, and, mm. you know, um, and, and I'm a fan of first come first served i think if you've got if you've done the hard yards and got there early yep. enough and set up in your spot then that's your spot yeah um and i think i think you know. i think you're right there as well but um yeah i think it's it's a first serve thing i think it's just pure respect and uh, the other story i had quickly with that one i um it's funny i've actually had a bit of a fun day on social media today um someone got helicoptered out of helic uh, of cradle mountain in snow the other day and everyone's up there saying we shouldn't be going up there you're inexperienced you're blah 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 anyway so i got on there and started defending a few things because you know if you're prepared and you, and you, you know the outback or you know you're hiking and you've got the right gear and you're safe about it, you can you can go most places but i i planned a shot uh which was one of, on one of the earlier episodes it was um a snowy cradle mountain little lake shot uh, with little mountain in the background and I planned that shot for about five years. I'm like, I'll wait for the blizzard sort of day. I want to get up there. This is the kind of shot I want. And I remember it took me, usually in the dry, it takes you an hour to get there from the car park at Cradle Mountain. This took like two and a half hours in knee-high snow, the whole thing. Anyway, I get up there and I'm like, this is incredible. I got my camera set up. I'm like, this is beautiful. I had one of those moments where I just turned the camera off and just looked because it was that nice. And I'm standing there and I'm like, where are those voices coming from? <laughs> like, there can't be people here. And from my from the southern end of the park, people can walk up in winter. So here's a group of three guys walking up uh, along the track out of nowhere, like literally look like you know yetis coming out of the snow sort of thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, well there goes my shot. You know, they're all going to stop and do it. And they all had camera bags around their neck and stuff. And this this actually hit me straight to the the heartstring. This one when so they came up there and they said, oh, what are you doing up here? And I said, oh, I'm just you know trying to get this shot and. Um, I, I thought I'd do the right thing. I'm like, guys, take a shot. You know, this is a beautiful... And every every the three of them all in a row said, nah, you've made the effort. We'll keep moving, mate. Enjoy it. Congratulations. And they moved on. And it, like straight away, I, I started welling up. I'm like, you know what? That's that's really nice of you guys to do it. They've yeah. walked five days through hell. One of them had done his knee. And <laughs> anyway, I caught up to him on the way back down. Um, the guy at the back, his knee was getting a bit sore. So I actually took a bit of his load off and... Had a bit of a chat. We ended up going back to the pub. Had a had a pint together. They told me about their trip. Showed them the shot on the camera, and I said thanks for letting me get that shot. But they're the kind of moments that you expect as a photographer. That you know, if someone puts the effort in, you know, don't go that cheap shot. Um, the other one that's really crappy is when you're at a at a location, and I've had it at Cradle Mountain. I've got my tripod set up, and a tourist will literally come with their phone, put it in front of my camera, and go and take a photo, and just walk off. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? So. Helping def- themselves to a free composition. Yeah, there, there's definitely some definitely etiquette, and 
it's a shame that like I said either one of those two people whether or not they mean it or not it's a shame that they don't just take a second to see what else is going on around the environment and and respect it yeah and, and, and obviously I mean I can't even believe we have to say it but that's the takeaway right that mm. just talk to if you've got if there's another photographer who's beaten you to the composition you were wanting to get <clears throat> I'm sure that if you were polite G'day, yeah. how are you going? Have a bit of a chat. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Look, I've been trying to actually get this photo for quite some time. You yeah. know, would you mind if I... You know, just ask. Yeah. Hey, they might say no. And that's fine yeah. too because if they're there first, that's fine too. But yeah. more than likely, they're going to say yes. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah. yeah, as I say, it, it just... It really frustrates you when, when people don't communicate with you and don't talk to you and, and, you know, they've got every right to be there as much as you have, sure. But if you, yeah. as I say, if you if you're there first, first him best rest. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it's just it's just common courtesy as well. Um, down here, and I think we might have touched on this similar sort of topic a few episodes ago. That you know the competitiveness between photographers as well, and especially down here in Tasmania, like we've got some incredible landscape photographers who live down here. Some well known, some who just do it as a hobby but do amazing work. Um, and there's a forever competition between some of these people down here to, to get the better shot or go that little bit further or, you know, go and, you know, get this or get that. Um, it doesn't have to be like that. Every, everyone, there's enough room in the world for everyone to get nice shots. Um, and, you know, if, if you do find a photo that you like, it's, it's funny that we talk about this photo behind me. I've got another similar shot that's a bit further around with an, an inlet. And it's, it's, I think it's the one I said was my favorite photo I've ever taken. Uh, back a few episodes ago and I've, I've seen in the last month or two about six or seven different photographers and hobbyists all go out and take that same shot and I could, it's actually a shot you got to look for you got to use quite a long telephoto lens and and at first I'm like oh that's that's sort of my that's my sort of spot there or but then I, uh, after two seconds I'm like but that's so cool that people think it's a nice enough spot to go and take the same shot or so yeah you know there, there's ways to be genuine and there's ways to use etiquette and just being an a-hole and walking in someone's composition when you know they're there doing it, yeah. Um, it's it's either shows that you've got really no no decency about you, or you're just you know in a world of your own. And either one of those, you know. Yeah, for sure. And when it comes to um, what you were talking about there about um, the competitiveness amongst amongst photographers, there's a healthy competitive competitiveness around um, the Ballerine Peninsula and the Surf mm. Coast. I think. Um, I think. There's room for everyone. There's no question yeah. about that. Um, we've got probably, and I won't name them, but we, we've got probably five or six excellent photographers uh, in on the Ballerine. And we somehow have all managed, I think, to develop our own style as well. Mm. Um, so much so that you know, a photo will get posted on social media and I'll pretty much know who took it straight away. It's yeah. either the color palette or the way it's focused or the way it's comped and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and they sell their work and you know, I'm, I'm happy to say I print for a couple of them as well, so it's a win-win for me. But yeah. Um, yeah. that kind of healthy composition, uh, healthy competition and healthy respect for each other is, is great. Yeah. And to the point where if someone's looking for a certain photo and I know I don't have it in my catalog, oh yeah, I know blah, 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 they've got it. They, you can go, go over and see them. They'll look after you. So Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, as well with the competition, um, like I think I think it's only natural that everyone has a, a comp- competitive sort of bone in their body of some sort, whether or not they're aggressive about it or you know just a healthy competition. But I found that like, for a while down here, I'll be honest with when I moved down here in Tassie, I found that um, you know if you did something nice or got some good work, you, you sort of got cut down really quick down here. I felt 
Um, and that might have been just my perception of it all, but that's sort of how it sort of felt. And, and I used to get a little bit discouraged by that. I'm like, oh, well, I won't do this or I won't do that. But now what I do, if, if I see other, like I said, we've got a, a fairly competitive um, streak down here with people taking photos, but I, I use it as motivation now. Like if someone goes out and gets a great shot, I'm like, that's an awesome shot. You know, well, how can I, how can I better that? Or how can I, yeah. you know, l- learn from the shot that they've done that might improve my work and, and get a shot that, that works for me in my style, like you said. Um, you know, you don't have to go and copy the same photo, but sometimes it's a bit of editing style or, you know, yeah, yeah, but I mean, when you talk about copying photos, I mean, you, you can almost literally copy the composition, but yep. the clouds are going to be different. The, yes. sur- the In my case, the surf's going to be different. The snow cover's yep. going to be different for you. And, and it, right. it all it all does have subtle differences about it. The processing's yep. going to be different. So yep. Yep. Um, that's why I say it's a free-for-all. It has to be. I mean, you're in the public mm. domain anyway. You're in public space. I mean, you're not going to... You can't... You know, that, that guy that interrupted me at, at Lonsdale, he doesn't own that jetty. You know, I can no. be there and I can take those photos as much as yeah. he can. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think that's got to be sort of uh, looked beyond the, yeah. that sort of stuff and just say, oh, well, you know, everyone's, everyone's out here hopefully enjoying themselves mm. um, and getting some great photos along the way. Well, here's a quick one for you in regards to copying whatever you want to call it. I, I, I floated an idea a couple of years ago about doing doing like a bit of a tribute to Peter Dombroskis and his work down here in Tassie. And I was looking at sort of involving some of the more uh, more uh, well-known landscape photographers of our time now in Tasmania to go out and not, not copy, but sort of recreate or go visit the same spots that Peter visited and do our own take on the shots that we, that we saw there. And... I, I had an email from, I won't tell you who it was, but I had an email from someone down in Tassie, not necessarily a photographer, but someone that was pretty well known, um, who actually made a point that I, I would be breaching some sort of copyright <laughs> of copying Peter Dombroskis's compositions if I went out there and did the exact same thing and then tried to sell it. And it sort of started a really quite interesting conversation about, well, you know, as much as Peter was a, a, le- a legend of the game, he doesn't own Cradle Mountain or he doesn't own the Western Arthurs or Franklin River, whatever it might be. You know, he doesn't own those spots. So what's to stop anyone going along, doing their own take on it and selling it? So it was quite an interesting conversation. But yeah, um, that's sort of just in line with what you're saying about sort of, yeah. you know, you don't own the jetty or whatever. But I, it's I, I, actually, I actually think that's um, a ridiculous point because... Um, you know, like you said before, Yosemite. Ansel Adams yeah. stood there and took that photo. What? So Ansel Adams Estate's going to sue you now because you're selling photos of Yosemite? Yeah, that's right. Just, it and just that... doesn't. It doesn't add up. And you know, uh, Ayers Rock, Uluru, the 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 the, the, the summer apostles. You know, all these pl- places we've all got photos of. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a silly yeah. argument to, me, to say to that me. you're ripping off another photographer just because they've taken a photo of that particular spot, and they may have yeah. even made it famous. But yeah. that doesn't stop anyone from going there and taking the same photo no i i gather, I gather that situation that example was more of a protective thing i yep. think someone someone was worried that you know legacy or tradition was going to be trashed or you know especially down here in tassie people get a lot to, a lot of um their noses out of joint for going and, and trashing places or you know making yep. pilgrimage to you know lake oberon and western arthur's people don't want to see these places trashed with, with tourists which i i agree and to a certain point um, but yeah, I think it's, um, it's an interesting topic, but yeah, etiquette, it's got to be, you know, it's, it's really got to be in your toolkit, really. It's got to be part of your gear. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. 
Yeah, yeah no, I completely agree. So, um, interesting. Um, we'll probably open a bit of a can of worms in the comments, but um, yeah. if you've, and, if and you've had... some subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this guy, nah. that doesn't... No, no, I won't... Oh, that's enough. All right. That's, we don't know anything about him. We'll let it go now, Brendan. You've you've yeah. you've vented. You've got it out of your system. This is cathartic. Yeah. This is good for me. I, I and, like it was, it. and it was only yesterday, so it's relevant. So not True. Like me it was, seven it was years. I'm digging like, stuff up from seven years ago. This is literally <laughs> 27 hours ago this happened to me. So I reckon quickly before we move on from yeah. this topic, I reckon, I reckon we've got maybe a listener who comp stomped a group of people on the Franklin River that I went down with once. We got to that classic Rock Island Bend shot, that one that Peter yes. Dombrowskis made. Yes. And we all, all got out of the boat and there was quite a lot of tears from this group because they were all you know, people that never thought they'd see this moment in their life of going down the Franklin and standing where Peter Dombrowskis stood. And uh, this one customer of ours, he's a lovely guy and, and super duper photographer, really nice guy. And straight away, the excitement just got in. And he said he's tripod up on the biggest rock right in front of everyone else. And we're all sitting there with our cameras going, God, you're not going to be that guy, are you? Yeah. And anyway, I think a few, a few of us yelled out, get out the bloody way, get off the rock. And he, oh, shit, sorry. And yeah, yeah. Off, he, off he went. But it was just one of those classic moments. No, that, that's, a, that's a good story. So uh, That is a good story, yeah. If, you, if you've had a fun little story, leave it in the comments below. Uh, it's always yeah. interesting to read other people's experience on this sort of uh, subject matter. Um, and, if we've, and if we've comp stomped you, either of us, let us know. Yeah, what a story. And, um, if, if we've ruined your shot somewhere, let us know. And uh, I'll leave you with this. I was once comp stomped. I love that saying. I like saying it. Comp I was once. Yeah, I was once comp stomped by Ken Duncan. That bastard. <laughs> that right. That's all I'm saying about that. Really? It happened. Um, right. Now it wasn't it? Wasn't a kangaroo show? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! No, that would have. That would have. Uh, now, before no, we move that on, that would have led to people, jail time for me. Before, for, for people playing at home who can't see this, I'd just like to do a bit of a shout out to the Whittlesea Photography Club, who I did a bit of a talk to last week or the week before. Uh, I received your package in the mail today of the coffee cup, and they actually lived up to their word. They actually sent the cleaning cloth straight away. Wow. <laughs> and Did I set of, that precedent or what? Cleaning cloths are the thing now, apparently. Yeah, and uh, some nice chocolate as well. So thank you guys. Um, from the Whittlesea Photography Club, sort of in my old backyard, really, in a way. But um, yeah, thank you. So nice now one. I've got a coffee cup. Perfect. Well, um, I was telling you off air. Whenever I do talks at um, camera clubs and stuff, I normally get wine. Yeah. So I don't know. There you go. What the, I don't, I don't drink wine. But thank you. Yeah. <laughs> my wife I've does. Bo- I've got <laughs> bottles everywhere of wine. I don't touch it. So. Right. Nice. Okay. Right. Okay. So you got that out of your system. Done. Let, let's talk about something nice. All right, what are we talking about next, Cameron? Well, I think the running sheet has you wanting the new toy. We spoke about last week that you're yes. looking for a new yeah. camera. I am. Have, I am have, on the. Have you done I am on the. I have done well. See, being in the in, I run a camera shop, essentially. So I'm forever brushing up on my research. And when new products drop, I, I, I read up on them. I watch the YouTube clips. I watch the product launches, all that sort of stuff. So. Um, I don't. I feel like I don't really need to do a heap of research. Um, what I do like doing though is talking to other photographers who own that particular gear. Oh, yes. um, yep. So that that's always a, a plus um, if I can get that kind of feedback from people in the field. Yep. Um, so there is. I'm, I am, and I'm not making this up. I am actually torn between, um, well, three systems. Believe it or not. Can I try and guess what three systems they are? I don't. I don't, think, I don't, I, I don't there, know. There's only three systems left on the market nowadays, isn't there? 
I'll, right, I'll, I'll, I'll give I, you a clue. One of them's not Pentax. No, no, I don't think it's a Pentax. I think you're torn between Sony, mm-hmm. Olympus, mm-hmm. and Fuji. Two out of three ain't bad. All right. Yeah. Olymp- Olympus is not the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am. I am tossing up between Olympus. Yep. Sony. Yep. And Canon. Canon, the R3s or R5s, whatever they're called. I, I am looking at uh, the R5, R6 range. Yes. Um, yep. I, the reason for that is because I've got a couple of legacy lenses. Yes, I know you need an adapter for the new R setup, but they are Canon mount lenses, which will autofocus quicker with the R system. Mm. Um, so there's that. There's uh, the Sony that I'm... Uh, look, at probably right now, if someone held a gun to my head and said, choose, I would, <laughs> I would choose the Sony. The, the dude from the jetty might be there tomorrow. Putting he, a might gun be, to you. <laughs> he might be. Um, so I, I would probably go down the path of Sony. And the reason for that is I have sold this, this um, the Sonys a lot. And the feedback I get from Sony users is always very, very good. Um, yeah. There are a couple of issues, though, one of which would have helped me last night out in the wind and rain and big surf, and that's weather sealing. So, you know, I I have done what I highly recommend you do if you're looking for a new camera, and that is make a checklist. What's important to you uh, with this gear? Now, for me, being um, a middle-aged man with decent-sized hands, um, (coughs) excuse me, I think that's where the Olympus falls down a little bit for me because I find yeah. them actually quite small. Um, yeah, yeah. Which which I get if I'm traveling a lot or if I was a bit smaller or if I um, was backpacking a lot and that sort of yeah. stuff, then I would probably start leaning more towards the Olympus and not for the body size, for their lens size. Their lenses are yeah. compact. The four See, thirds, micro yeah. four-thirds system is small. See, I think that's where... And I, th- and I, get, we, I get asked this all the time, you know, what camera should I get? What, sh- what should I do? And to me, um, being an Olympus user, if, 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 if the weight is an issue for you, if you think to yourself, geez, I've got this Canon, this Nikon already, and geez, it's just too heavy and too bulky, then even if you go mirrorless Canon or Nikon, or Sony for that matter, you're still using full frame lenses. Yes. So the majority of your weight in your camera kit comes out of the glass that's sticking on the front of the camera. Um, which is why I say to people, look, you know, if you want full frame and you want and you want to use your old lenses or you, you know, whatever, then you know you'll go Nikon, Canon, or Sony. But if you want something that is a, a small, compact system with high quality, that's where the Olympus sort of pops up for people because you know you, you're using micro four thirds lenses, which are a fraction of the size. And yeah, so yeah, if the Sonys are, are fantastic, but you'll well, have big before, weight on the front. Before we get any emails and inundated with with people from from panasonic users um yep. panasonic Pan- is the same so yes. um panasonic uses the micro four-thirds mount uh which was developed in conjunction with olympus and yep. they actually uh panasonic under the leica branding have produced some cracking little uh lenses they do. Yeah. their 20 mil f 1.7 is still a, ca- a lens that i have in my kit and yep. man i love that lens that's a ripping yeah. little setup yeah, I, I would say, um, yeah, that to me, when it, when you when you're crunching numbers and facts and stats and stuff, that when it comes down to everything, to me, it's the weight. That that's to me is the major difference. Yes, full frame sensor versus crop sensor. You know, that's 
you know, like we've spoken about that before about you know viewing distances and stuff like that. Yeah. But it comes down to weight. You know, you'll have a two kilo system versus a one kilo system to carry around every day. You know, that means another extra extra lens in your kit. You know. Yeah. So, which again comes back to the old horses for courses. When yeah. Nine times out of ten, when I go and shoot, my camera bag goes in the car. When yep. you go on a shoot, your camera bag goes on your back. And yeah, well, I've got, quite I've often got a... you're going to be hiking 5K, 10K in to get a shot. Whereas yeah. for, for where I'm based, I would rarely need to walk that far to get no. to all the main areas for landscape photography where I live. And if I'm yeah. traveling, that, that of course changes the whole equation. Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got this Fuji as well. So I've got this, this is the Fuji GFX100S. So absolutely amazing camera, medium format size thing. But it is huge. It's a yep. big camera, and the lenses are massive on it as well. And I find myself, it's a car camera, or it's, it's, a, it's a one kilometer from the car camera. Um, unless I'm going somewhere really, really special where I want to get that highest detail I can out of the shot, that, that generally doesn't go far from the car. That's where the Olympus system for me works really well. It's just like, like you said, I can just beat it up and take it hiking wherever yeah. I need to go. So, yeah. so horses you, for courses, exactly. You're only going to take your Fuji on the overland track if someone else carries it. Well, no, I've, I actually, I, the old, I had the original, the GFX 50, I took it down the Franklin River in a Pelican case <laughs> and I didn't have to carry it though. The boat did all the work. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have taken it on the overland track, but I've only taken one lens. So it re- restricts your weight just becomes too much. Like as a comparison, like for the Fuji or the Olympus smaller systems, I can take a body and three good lenses with me and be at about two and a half kilos, maybe tops for hiking. If I took my Fuji or if I took a Canon or a Sony for the same equivalent lenses, I'd be up to almost four kilos. So that's a big difference in weight when you're walking, you know, any more than half hour, an hour. So, um, so yeah, that's like I said, horses for courses and um, you got you got to buy what suits the sort of style of photography and where you're going. And, yeah, so what's, and the, like that. what's the saying from that old El Paso ad? Why can't we just have both? Both. Well, um, well, Maybe one day we can. The, look, um, one thing I will say uh, about the Olympus system, and I've been a fanboy of Olympus for many, many years, and I've owned a lot of their cameras, uh, particularly the Micro Four Thirds gear. Um, it's very well priced as well. Mm. Um, yeah. So when when I say flippantly, why can't I just have both? Well, there's money involved, obviously. I can't just, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and spend 20 grand on two different systems. But... Um, I don't know who'd do that. (laughs) (laughs) If if push came to shove, though, and let's say all of a sudden out of the blue, we could all travel again and I come down to Tassie, well, you know, that's when I'm going to want to probably carry my smaller gear. So, um, yeah, and again, um, it's the lenses. It's not the bodies. The the Sony, for example, the, uh, the Sony A7 III, uh, yep. And the Olympus OMD EM5 Mark II, pretty much exactly the same size. Yeah. Um, but the Sony gives you full frame, the Olympus doesn't. Yep. Uh, the weather sealing on the Olympus is way better, way yeah. better. I've seen, uh, I've seen the EM1 Mark II mm-hmm. go, in a, go in a pond at Cradle mm-hmm. Mountain for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and it pulled out, kept working. They are, mm-hmm. they are literally waterproof. Yeah, they're, but, they're, they're uh, excellent for, for weather sealing. I throw it back to you then. If if the weight is not an issue, mm-hmm. and um, the lenses are comparable, 
mm-hmm. in quality, quality. You wouldn't say Sony lenses are sharper than Olympus or Fuji. They're all comparative. Comparative. Mm-hmm. Is it coming back pure to the full frame that you're? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's and, definitely the forefront of mine now, and that that purely comes back to experience from. As I say, talking to other photographers, but also printing their work as well. Yeah. Um, now, that's not to say, and I always use this analogy when people come into my shop and say, right, I'm looking at five different cameras, which one should I buy? Yeah. If I printed off, if I took the same photo five times on five different cameras with comparative, comparable lenses and focal lengths, blah, 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 and printed those five photos off and put them in front of you and said, okay, you tell me which camera shot which photo, yeah. you're, you are guessing. Yep. You, you 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 can't the, yeah. the the manufacturers of those cameras can't tell you um so so the difference between the sony body and the, the olympus body is about what 1200 bucks 1500 bucks difference? uh depending on which model i went for yeah yeah yeah, yeah so okay so, so let, if, is, we're, if is, we're comparing is, it, is, the a full frame worth, is a full frame worth 1500 bucks more yes in my opinion in my opinion, it is because of the the uh, results that I'm seeing in de- particularly when it comes to detailed shots. So I want a good all rounder, right? So yeah. yes, I'm a landscape photographer first and foremost, but I do quite often go out on, uh, for example, corporate jobs or mm-hmm. you know I do the occasional headshots and that sort of stuff. But I would have thought for for that kind of stuff, a more versatile setup, absolutely worth spending the extra money. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, big asterisks, bear in mind, I'm a professional photographer. It's, they're the tools of my trade. I'm not saying that everyone needs to go down that path because no. the vast majority of our listeners and viewers are not professional photographers. So that leaves you know, all the, 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 the APS-C cameras and the micro four-thirds cameras well and truly in the frame. But yeah. for me, um, and I almost, and I know I'm coming off like I've already made my mind up. I haven't. I haven't made yeah. my mind up at all. Um, the other thing is with the Sony system, there's going to be a learning curve for me. I've never shot yeah. Sony. I don't shoot Sony. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I know the, the Olympus menu system inside out. I know the Canon menu system and the Nikon menu systems inside out. Never shot Sony. So, you know, am I prepared to, you know, maybe miss out on a few shots while I'm learning the new system? Because that's going yeah. to be uh, an important factor as well. So I've got to weigh it all up. Um, yeah. But at so the moment, I- sensor size is nudging sony ahead in my mind so when we talk sensor size so you're thinking that full frame allows you predominantly as a landscape photographer to blow them up bigger with yep. better detail yep okay so my suggestion to you as being an olympus user and yes i'm an olympus fanboy but i i own a fuji i own a leica i own olympus i own a hasselblad i own i own lots of different stupid cameras that i barely use but I put it to you to go and try using the high res mode on the Olympus sensors as well, because you can shoot an equivalent of an 80 megapixel file and it works brilliantly for landscape photography. It doesn't work for sports photography or headshots or any of that, any of that kind of jazz, but for landscapes, I, I challenge you to go and have a look at it and, yeah. and try it out one night and compare it to a file because it's, it's very impressive. And I, I thought it was a gimmick. I, I thought I'm not going to use that, but I do. Um, and it works pretty well. But again, yeah, it just comes back to that sensor size. That, that's what every argument really narrows down to when you're buying a camera. Do you want full frame or do you want a smaller sensor? Let me tell you another big um, downside to full frame cameras, and that's file size. Um, yeah. They pump out <coughs> gigantic me. files. Which this, Fuji, are... this Fuji does 200 megapixel files. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're pumping out 200 meg files and, you know, you've, you've got to edit 
you go down a shoot and you've got a thousand of them. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, right. All of a sudden, you're going to need some serious computing power. Again, and do you know how? Do you know how good those 200 megapixel, uh, 200 megabyte files look on Facebook though? Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> on your on your what your seven inch iPhone yeah. screen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they exactly. look they sharp as. <laughs> you make a very good point, Cameron. Um, yes, we right. could we could go on about this. Forever and, forever and a day but uh, it's an open-ended thing for me at the moment I'm in no hurry um, I don't yeah. have to buy anything tomorrow but um, I think it's a good ongoing conversation and um, yeah. sort of a bit of a thread that will run through the podcast as okay. we go on because so so as we as we leave this topic you yep. would say you've said it's between uh, sorry Sony Olympus and Canon yes with the Sony probably a nose in front at the moment at the I'd moment it, at the moment it goes Sony Olympus Canon Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and uh, don't be surprised if I end up with two outfits because I'm like that. (laughs) Well, it's not. It's not silly. And like when you're saying quickly about you know how much money you spend on stuff. Like, I've got my Olympus kit. Um, I'm lucky in a way. I'm semi-supported by Olympus. I've got a bag of their gear that they've given me to to showcase and try and you know teach people how to use. So I've got access to a lot of their lenses, which is great. Um, but then I've also got my Fuji system, which is my more commercial side of like, you know, people that need big files or doing, you know, massive prints or, or whatever it may be. So it's not stupid to think that you can have two systems because they are horses for courses and one does a job better than the other and vice versa. Obviously for a lot of people listening probably don't have, you know, thousands of dollars to spend on that. Um, but you know, it's not a, such a silly thing to say, well, I want a system for doing this and I want a system for doing that because sometimes it's just what you need. Yeah, the other thing that um, I, that's I'm not so much leaning towards, but certainly considering, is the secondhand camera market. Mm-hmm. Um, there are uh, Sony A seven threes starting to appear on you know, eBay, Gumtree, these sort of places, and you're always hesitant because the, naturally you don't know what these cameras have done. Yeah. Generally, they're out of warranty as well. Yeah, but. Um, you know, in this day and age of, of reusing and recycling and all that sort of stuff, I'd actually wear it as a bit of a badge of honour to buy um, mm-hmm. perhaps even an a, a Sony A7 Mark II, which I've saw on oh, there was one on eBay the other day for eight hundred bucks. Um, yeah. Fantastic full frame camera. Um, yeah. Doesn't quite have all the bells and whistles. The uh, I uh, was it the um, the I autofocus and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm not a portrait photographer, so you know something yeah. like that. Something like that hasn't sort of escaped my mind either. Maybe getting myself a, if I do go down the path of Sony, for example, buying a secondhand body, uh, but investing money in new glass so yeah. that I can keep doing that. Um, yeah. Because, you know, as I say, my, my the Nikon D5100 that I've been shooting with forever is literally 12 years old and it's still mm. fine. Yeah. I think you made a good point there as well, which I always tell the people on workshops or when they're talking this kind of topic is if you're going to spend money on a camera system, invest in glass. That that's that's what makes your shots. Is if you get some really good glass with really good coatings or really fast aperture or whatever, that that changes your work straight away. The body, you know, go back to the the old K1000 days. Yep. The body is just a light sealed box with a sensor. That's yep. all it is, with a few little bits and pieces. You know, yep. really, it's the lens, the lens and the operator that makes the difference. So yeah, now that that's exactly um, right. And and you touched on a very good point, and that is. In my opinion, as well, uh, buy the fastest lens you can afford. Um, yep. F two point eight is wonderful, and it gives you 
you would be amazed how much versatil- more versatility it gives you, particularly because landscape photography quite often occurs in low light situations. And yeah. wanting to avoid having to boost ISO, for example, and just relying on pure optics to get the shot is a lot better. So, yeah. uh, and again, that legacy where, you know, for example, Canon EF lenses, uh, L series EF lenses, yeah. uh, there, there are lenses out there that are 10, 15 years old that have dropped 10% in value. They're still. Yeah. They still hold their value really, really well. So I think there's a, there's an eighty five one two or an eighty five one point four or something. It goes up in value. It doesn't go down. It's yes. Yeah. It's, it's just that good. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. So um, yeah. as my as my cool. dog my dog chimes in yeah. in the background. He's I just think he ba- said he said buy Sony. Did he? But by the way, yeah. we're not sponsored by Sony Olympus Nikon. We're not sponsored by anyone. But if Sony want to give Brendan a camera and you're listening, yeah. Hello, Mr. Sony. Um, we could work, maybe we should we could work on that. Let's um, see if we let's all tag Sony. Yeah. Give, hash, L- hashtag give Brendan a Sony. Link in the description. <laughs> hashtag comp stomp. Um, comp stomp. Right now we had a few other things we we're going to talk about. Of course, we're already at forty-eight minutes, something like that. So yeah. um, we will um, just we one can or roll, two. We can roll. We can roll stuff over to next week. Of course, we can. This is what this yeah. podcast it's is sh- about. It's our show. We can do what we want. Um, <laughs> Cam, I would like you to go ahead and plug the Sunrise Comp, please. Uh, yes, the Sunrise Comp that was just made out of nowhere. So we have a Sunrise competition going. Uh, you need to take a photo uh, from the start of this month, so the 1st of August, up until the 20th of August. So you've only got, from when we recorded this, actually you're going to be, yeah, we're going to be due on the day we release this, isn't Pretty it? much, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. um, so it's sort of a bit of a moot point, I suppose, I'm mentioning it now, but I tell you what, we'll give you the next day as well. We'll give you the 21st. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll give them, tell you what, we'll give, them to the, we'll, give them, we'll give them to the end of the weekend. Hey, it's our competition. We can change the rules as we go. T- T's and C's. Yeah. So we'll give you to the end of the weekend, which will be the 22nd. Yes. Um, so you got to the end of the 22nd. So it has to be a sunrise shot taken in the month of August this year. Um, and what you can do, uh, you can either post it directly to the Down South Photo Show Facebook page, or you can message us like most people have been doing and we'll post it up there for you. Um, the winner will get a signed 16 by 24 inch print of mine shot on the Fuji. It'll be on the, a shot from the Fuji, so it's pretty good detail. Um, and we'll announce the winner <clears throat> soon. We're going to do a live show to announce it, I think, aren't we? Is that the plan? Yeah, so um, the next thing in the running sheet is, are we going to do another live show? We have been asked by a couple of people. The answer is absolutely. We are, we've, we've been, been asked by lots of people show. to do it. Yeah. We, we have been inundated by an email asking us if we're going to do the <laughs> live show. But it, and but it had a lot of words in it. Email, <laughs> it so, did yeah. have a lot of um, We'll definitely be doing uh, We love doing the live show. So you will yeah. have a live show probably in early September, I would have thought, something like that. I, I, I'm thinking there's a lot of people still locked down at the moment. Yes, like a hell of a lot of people. Yes. maybe a live maybe a live show sooner rather than later. Hello to all our friends in New Zealand. When this goes to air, you will be coming just out of your three day lockdown. Um, yes, Auckland is in a seven day lockdown now as well. So, um, yeah, look, it's we're hopefully in some tiny, really small way, we're able to fill in an hour of your day by uh, yeah. talking crap about landscape photography. I was um, going to drop a really bad sheep joke then, but I didn't. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, we want to keep. We want to keep. Moving right going. along, moving dear right dear Cam. Uh, so, our dear for Cam. those of you new to the show, every week we have a dear Cam question that is emailed to us or messaged to us or courier yeah. pigeon to us or who knows to us. Um, yeah. Smoke signals. Uh, it's a camera. A, a question about photography for Cameron. Uh, we call the segment dear Cam. This is this week's Dear Cam question. Dear Cam, 
After previous episodes question after a previous episode's questions about raw file editing, should I be shooting raw all the time? What do I miss out on if I just shoot JPEG? That is from Beck in Lockdown Melbourne. Hi Beck. Hi Beck in Lockdown Melbourne. And sorry, Beck, Lockdown Melbourne. Yeah. Um, yeah, well I think we had that, that question the other week that the person shooting raw was asking about what sort of editing if the if the raw file looks really good straight out of camera what, what you know what other adjustments should they make um look i think if you're shooting landscapes then shooting in raw just gives you uh as much detail as possible and as much uh detail to work with when you bring it back into your computer so um shooting raw and jpeg is not a bad idea as well i actually i sometimes set my camera up to do a raw and a jpeg at the same time and the reason i do that is because if i'm out traveling around or I'm on a workshop and I want to actually just quickly post a photo from what we're doing or something like that. It's a lot easier just to dump a JPEG off a camera through your phone app or something like that and upload it. So, but I don't, I generally won't edit a JPEG file. And the reason being is raw will give you so much more detail. It captures everything, all the colors, all the tones, everything like that, where a JPEG compresses things down into a smaller file, which means you've got, I guess, less detail to start playing with. So a raw file allows you to really play with lots of shadows, lots of highlights, uh, color temperatures, color channels, sharpness, clarity, um, all those kind of things you can have a lot more of an effect on. So I would suggest if you're not shooting in RAW at the moment, and this is something we do right off the bat at most workshops is, okay, what's everyone shooting on? Is it JPEG or RAW? Uh, and we generally switch people into RAW straight away. So when you bring it back into your editing suite, you know, it might look a bit flat and it might look a little bit uninteresting, but it allows you to have a lot more control over the editing and pull more detail and more effects out of that, that file. So I would say if you're not shooting raw at the moment, start switching it into raw. And if you're a bit worried, switch it into JPEG and raw. So it's doing both files. So you don't lose that safety net of having a JPEG that you might be used to, but shoot raw. Um, and then, you know, if you need help editing, uh, I've got some editing videos on my YouTube channel, Cam Blake Photography, uh, or you could look online and there's plenty of tutorials about how to edit raw files and, uh, and that should be able to help you. But I, I would say if you're shooting landscapes and you're really loving it, uh, it's best to shoot in raw to give yourself the best canvas to start with. Spot on. Advice. Absolutely spot on. Um, yep, I've got nothing more to add to that because you've, you've covered it off beautifully. Um, cool. Thanks, yeah. Beck. <laughs> Good question, Beck. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up the podcast, a little bit of homework. Um, our episode on drones last week is going really well. Thanks for all the views, likes, comments, mm. all that sort of stuff. I used um, my drone yesterday. Oh, nice. I've Just charged my batteries months. up on mine. It's as far yeah. as I've got, but I will fly <laughs> it soon. A right. uh, bit of homework. Um, there was a little bit of confusion over the um, the height that you can fly your drone. It is mm -hmm. 120 meters or 400 feet, uh, and it is um, from below the drone. So basically, yes. um, I think someone commented, just imagine yeah, you've got a did. piece of string hanging from the bottom of your drone. If that yep. piece of string has to exceed 120 meters, you are illegally flying your drone. Yep. So yep, um, exactly. Yeah. That was a great. That was a great um, bit of advice. So. Um, I apologize, I've forgotten their name, who left a comment. Yep, sorry, I should have given you a heads up about that. But um, also, right. I think it, I think it's a, it's a good, another good reminder when it comes to drones as well to keep brush up on your on, on the rules. Um, so yeah. you know, we even stuff that up. So, but it also and, and does the, and also. The, and, yeah, you go. Sorry, yeah, sorry, and the and the rules do change. Like, and that's uh, when when you do the courses and stuff like that, they they advise you a lot to. Um, 
actually go and make sure that you check the rules because they do update them. It's like driving and all different other all the legislation around everything else. Yes. Everything changes, so um, definitely. That's where the CASA app and the Can I Fly There app are very good because they get updated regularly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of homework on that. Also, mm. um, as was pointed out to me by Stan, who is a lovely customer of mine, who has been a customer of mine from day one at the Ocean Grove store. Um, G'day, Stan. Stan is an avid photographer, um, brilliant photographer, recently switched from Olympus to Sony. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> As just pure, that's what happened. Um, no, that's good by pure chance. And anyway, also owns the Mavic Two Pro drone, and watched last week's episode and came in and told me off because the Point Lonsdale Lighthouse is a no-fly zone. Um, I quickly flat. You're, you're making lots of friends. Down I, I, I quickly flat batted that straight back to him and said. That photo was taken well before that rule came yes. in place. So yeah, right. uh, I was okay to take that photo for anyone else who's going to have a crack at me about it. Um, uh, but it has since been made a no-fly zone. So. I think there's a fair chance that after this episode, this show will get banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know. uh, that comment uh, about the 120-meter string, that was from Rob Van Elven. So thanks, Rob, for that question last time. That was Thank you very perfect. much. Yeah, yeah, no, that ex- that, that ex- explains it quite well. Um, so, um, I think it's time that we wrapped up the podcast. Um, yeah. uh, so a quick plug for my business camera and photo.com.au for anyone not in my area, people down in Tassie who are fans of cam and want to check out what I do, camera and photo.com.au jump on there, have a look. Got my image gallery up, which, uh, you can check out all the cool photos of my local area. Um, yeah. there's all lists, all the different services we offer and also all your printing option, including online printing so camera and photo.com.au get down and have a look cameron do it, do it. uh yeah well my business is uh cam blake photography uh, or tazphoto.com.au uh you can look us up um i haven't got much going on lately i've been a bit quiet this week i went for a bit of a snow search yesterday and got a few couple of nice shots but uh it's been an interesting time with workshops and things like that a lot of postponing and working around these lockdowns so but i've got uh, lots of prints for sale a couple of books for sale uh, i've got workshops next year that are Still selling out, and we've still got a few spots for the ones that are going this year still. So go check it out. Uh, you can do camblakephotography.com.au uh, or check us out on socials at camblakephotography. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. It's a pretty pretty uh, boring week this week for me. I've um, just been hanging around watching everyone else get locked down. Might be a boring week for you, but this has been a very entertaining podcast. So thank you very much, it's, Cam, for your... It's been, it's been I, reckon, our most, I reckon, it's been our most controversial, this one. I fired up a bit, didn't I? No, it's okay. <laughs> I as, long as, as long as the person doesn't listen, I think we're fine. Oh. And as long as you stop illegally flying your drone around. I know, I know. No, my we're apologies. Sorry, Stan. No. It won't happen no, again. Good. And he's just wrapped that he's got a shout out. All right, that's it for the podcast. That's episode <laughs> 11 in the can. We'll see you for episode 12 next week. Thank you, Cameron. See you all next Thanks, week. Mate. Thanks, guys. See you later. See ya.